Hey everybody, Dave Lindbergh in Hong Kong with yet another episode of the THD podcast, our first one for 2023, and it's episode 80. We're clicking up there quickly. And uh, let's not forget about our sponsor, the Alti, the Audio Loudspeaker Technology International, a great organization for networking within uh, audio manufacturers. So without delay, let's say hello to Simon in Japan. Good afternoon, Simon. Afternoon. How are you doing? And good morning, Mr. Marco Simon, a CTO and co-founder of Audio Scenic based in Southampton in the UK. How are you doing, uh, Marco? Sorry. Good morning. I'm doing well, and I'm very happy to be here talking to you today. Okay. So, yeah, we, we saw Audio Scenic uh, with their big press release announcing their technology inside the Razer gaming soundbar product uh, using... Optical sensor to to target and and head track uh, people and then do some audio DSP technology to create a bubble of audio around people's heads. So uh, maybe we'll start with a presentation to introduce the company and the technology. So yeah, first of all, you can see now it is company and technology. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I'm going to tell you a bit what is audio scenic. Audiocenic as, as a company is uh, founded around 2017 um, and it was founded by Professor Filippo Fazzi and myself. We were both working together at the University of Southampton in, the, in this place called the Institute of Sound and Vibration Research, which is a, a place in the UK, a, a key center for uh, research in audio in Europe and in the whole world. And in this place, in the ISVR, there was a long tradition on working with um, crustal cancellation systems, reproduction of spatial audio or binaural audio with speakers in front of you. Okay, And then we kind of uh, built on that. And there was this long tradition coming from the 90s. There were like seminal papers, key papers that had advanced technology. And then Philippe and myself, we were working in this in, in a UK research program, which was a big collaboration grant between various universities, University of Salford, University of Surrey, BBC R&D and Southampton. And what we wanted to, to do there is that uh, basically the whole, the whole uh, aim of the program was to bring spatial sound into people's houses, okay? 3D audio, spatial sound, immersive sound, how, however you want to call it, because uh, this is when the program started 2015, the only uh, reference back then of spatial audio apart from headphones is 5.1 systems, multi-channel systems. Mm-hmm. And these are systems that um, maybe some people can put in, in some houses, but the normal uh, people, the common people don't put them because they are not practical, because you need to put loud speakers all around you, you know, because they are expensive, they don't have space at home. And we said, well, can we, can we give the same experience or even better with just a soundbar? And this is when they basically we started working with loudspeaker arrays and we put a uh, head tracking because um, there was, I mean, the technology of crustal cancellation already existed for many years. Okay. First pattern goes to 1968. However, it had a very, very strong sweet spot. And this is what basically we, we solved. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if I advance in my presentation, just to tell you a bit about the company, this is um, Audio Scenic right now at the moment. We are all based in, in Southampton in the United Kingdom because we are associated with the university where I spin out. We have all our engineering in Southampton and then we have um, a business development presence in in China, in Shenzhen and in, in Taiwan. Okay, that's our company right now. We just uh, closed um, another funding round, our Series A 
just before Christmas, we haven't even done an announcement because we were busy with CS and all that. But uh, yeah, we expect that in the next year we will grow to be twice twice the size and be able to, okay. to follow more commercial opportunities. This is uh, what makes Odiocinic a, a particular company and a different company from others trying to do like, let's say, virtualization effects or post-processing effects or 3D audio with speakers. And is that our technology, there is always a symbiosis, an integration between um, audio and um, head tracking, which is done with computer vision or with other methods. And what head tracking does is knowing the position of the ears of the users with respect to the speakers. Okay. And then what we are doing is that we're using sound field control, is the actual the technical name. We are directing how sound is radiated in space so that this is always the best at the ears of the users. And because of that, what we do is that we can create large difference in pressure between both ears of the users, for example, and create what we call virtual headphones. All right. Mm-hmm. And this is really how. In a nutshell, in a very simplified way, this is what we are doing. You know, for example, with a soundbar, we have two beams, one beam from the left from the left ear, left channel of a binaural signal, another beam for the right ear, right channel of a binaural signal. Okay, and then once we have that, we have virtual headphones. And what happens is that if the user moves, then what happens is that we adapt these virtual headphones in space, right? And then they all will have the best spatial signal and because they have virtual headphones then we can render any content okay like any spatial audio content this is like the simplified version for one person this is a research that we're currently doing into how to adapt this for for more than one person you know so i have there in my bag a very large array we use that as reference design to to basically develop what we want to do which is a home cinema solution okay a system that works for one person for two people and that then it can turn into itself also in like a more uh, normal soundbar with all Atmos or something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we want to invite our friends to watch uh, the Champions League or the Super Bowl in America or something like that, you know. So, yeah, basically, just just to to repeat again, the good thing is that uh, our technology, because it's, it's, it's in a nutshell headphones, so it's compatible with anything, okay? from stereo to object-based audio to binaural and 3D sound in the middle because any format that is spatial, you can convert it to binaural, you know. And and the combination of uh, good content and also like this way, which is basically a creation of virtual headphones, is headphones that you're not wearing, gives a very good, um, basically, sound experience and performance, okay? And I just want to put this... Um, it's like here because this is from the Razer Leviathan V2 Pro, which is the first product with our technology that was released at CES. The soundbar got 12 awards of best in show. Okay. And Audio Cynic was also awarded by Audio Express like a uh, best technology in the show. Because see, it, it's a new way of, of listening to spatial audio. It's like basically you're in front of the device and you're hearing sound all around you. And because you're not wearing anything, it's very, very realistic and very immersive. You know, so so yeah, so basically reproduction of binaurality with speakers very 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 it's very plausible and, and very realistic and i think uh, because we have been able to tailor that with the user adaptive experience you're always on the sweet spot it's very yeah groundbreaking and, and in the end it works very well okay what what we do in audio scenic as a as a company is that we provide a set of um 
the core, our core IP technology is the, our 3D audio rendering, okay, that we call it Vertua. And then what we pro we also provide in our software is a set of audio dynamics and equalization. Sometimes the, if you're making a product, you can have a certain effects like bike watts, like a DRC, which is on the amplifiers. This can also live in our software, okay? And sometimes uh, the customer can, can want to have that to really gain speed to market. And we also, it's very important, something that we need is the head tracking software, okay? And in this case, the head tracking can be, we have our own head tracking. We can also work with head, with third-party head trackers. Okay. So would, would you, uh, those guys like Toby out of Sweden, would you have a relationship with those kind of guys? Uh, we can work with them. Yeah, we haven't mm -hmm. uh, openly at the moment engaged with Toby, but we are happy, you know. Yeah. Okay. In a, cool. as, as long as any any head tracking that uh, provides the accuracy that we need and the speed that we need uh, is is welcome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they do the the retina tracking. Mm. And sorry, I'm I'm going very fast through the slides. If you want to ask me anything at any moment, please. No, uh, don't worry, we will, we will. <laughs> okay, per perfect. So um, yeah, basically, when when we combine this software that we have developed, okay, with um, a speaker array. And speaker array is basically an agrupation of speakers in in certain form. This speaker array can be a soundbar, but it can also be embedded on a TV or embedded on a smart speaker or embedded on a laptop. Okay. Mm -hmm. So okay. basically, one, once we combine these two things, we have what we call personalized listener adaptive 3D audio. Okay. And we say it's next generation user adaptive spatial audio because uh, it adapts to the user, basically. Okay. So, yeah, and basically what we do in AudioCynic is that uh, we work, um, we license our technology to to partners. Okay, that's our, our business model, actually, okay. as a company, yeah. And now I wanted to talk to you a bit about uh, what use cases where you can apply the technology, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first one is uh, basically... Um, next generation uh, soundbars for immersive gaming, okay? And this is a render, which is a couple of years old, but uh, it's basically, a, it says Corsair, it doesn't have to do anything with Corsair there. It's a, one of the first uh, iterations So when we developed the actual uh, soundbar that they became later the, the Razer uh, Leviathan V2 Pro. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the idea that you're in your desktop, uh, like I am right now, and I'm, I'm listening to sound with that, and... I'm, I'm playing video games and I don't need the headphones because I'm, I'm, I'm listening to my my colleagues, right. my, my my colleagues, my enemies or my friends, you know, that we're playing. <laughs> yeah, get it. Or whatever. And uh, what, what we've done is uh, basically we've implemented um, this, um, this soundbar in two ways. One is a standalone soundbar, which uh, has an SOC inside, in this case, an NXP IMX8M. And this SOC will do all the head tracking and will also do all the um, audio DSP, okay? Okay. This is one way where we have implemented the things. The, we call that the standalone because it's a standalone device. It's like, it's like the Leviathan B2 Pro, basically. You just take the soundbar, it works, you know? Mm -hmm. And then uh, other, other way we, were, we have implemented this is uh, with um, in Windows 10, Windows 11 as well, in which we have offload part of the processing into the into the computer. Okay, 
And in the end, it's like two different implementations. Uh, one of them can achieve a lower bill of materials. Okay. That's the, the idea. This is also something where we are working at the moment. Uh, basically, and this is our laptop reference design. Okay. And this is how to show how the technology can be applied into laptops. And basically, this is something that we build a mock-up with 3D printed, but we built a small soundbar with actual laptop drivers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. To show that the technology could be scaled down. Because uh, we think that laptops is also a very good place where the technology could be applied. Because, I mean, yeah. a laptop, um, you have a camera already there, no? So you don't need to put a camera. You can use the same camera that we're using now for the video conferencing that to, to do user tracking. And you can embed speakers, you know. And and does it does it create enough of a privacy bubble where the, the sound doesn't spill out uh, too much to the neighbors beside you? Uh, no, no, because okay. I will I will tell you I will tell you another slide later about privacy. So we are also working in in products that create privacy. Okay, but to, to create privacy, you need more loudspeakers. Oh, okay, okay. So to to do a spatial sound, as I'm going to explain later, to do binaural reproduction with loudspeakers, two speakers are enough. Okay. If you really want to, and 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 for example, for robust. 3D sound reproduction, we recommend to use five speakers. Okay? okay. If you really want to do beaming of sound, you need more loudspeakers. And more is the more the merrier. Okay. Mm. So we also built a system that has been forming, or for example, this one, if you go yeah. to our YouTube YouTube channel, you can see some videos of being forming with this array. This array has 24 speakers. Okay. It works very well for beam forming, but that's what you need. Right. Okay. Uh, beamforming and audio focusing either or you use traditional speakers and traditional array techniques with uh, lots of loudspeakers or you use an ultrasound ultrasonic array like uh, other technologies that we're providing we're using ultrasound array and the, the ultrasound ultrasound array is very directional it doesn't produce low frequency but it's, it's pretty directional okay. but um, um directional audio um is some, something or like audio something where size matters and in directional audio matters a lot. The dimension of the array is what determines, and the number of the speakers, but the dimension of the array is what determines if the array is directional or not. Okay. Main thing. But yeah, with, with this, we hope that uh, we'll see laptops uh, coming with and incorporating this technology in the in the years to come. Okay, good. Very much. This is also a render of a, uh, Something we'd like to see in the market also in, in one or two years, which is the um, it's a home cinema soundbar and is this this uh, animation that I showed you before, where a soundbar that uh, can transition between one two people, provide special audio for two people, and then work as a normal soundbar. Right, right, okay. So this is basically um, where we want to use uh, sound focusing. Okay. And we think that if we have soundbars that have a large enough number of loudspeakers, let's say 12 or 16, we can use them to create a bubble of sound. And that that basically works. We have in, in our suite at CS, we have a demonstration of, of this. Why is this um, important? Because, well, many people are, are, since COVID, we have many people that are working at home and working in the office, you know? Mm -hmm. 
what do we want to promote to do with this? We want to promote again a virtual headphone communication. And that's that I am in my office and I'm receiving a call and my colleague is there and my colleague is not disturbed by my call. Okay. Mm. Right now we are doing that with with headphones, but you know, headphones can be very tiring at the end of the day. You can see mm -hmm. people working on call centers, working on displays. If they could have that communication without headphones, it would be much more natural. You know? Right. Apart and because we are basically creating headphones, we can render 3D sound. And what we can do here is that uh, we have a, a row of people in a meeting, and when they speak, we can acoustically locate them where they are. You know? Mm -hmm. And there are some teleconferencing clients that already have uh, applied this technology and adopted this technology, like um, Dolby.io, for example, has this technology. Zoom, Zoom, uh, in Zoom, you can transmit stereo. I don't know if they have already implemented positional audio, but um, Teams and Zoom, they say that they were going to adopt this technology. So it's also that you can do uh, something that you also can do with, with, with our technology and with using virtual headphones and bubbles for for spatial audio reproduction, okay? Okay. And for teleconferencing. And the other um, use case, all right, where we are working and where we have applied our technology, not nothing commercially, but something we would like to see in the next year to come is automotive. Mm. And last year we did a project of, um, in this case, it was a independent listening zones, okay? where basically we were having one one person in, that was listening to music and another person was listening to speech, which in this case was the GPS, okay, with the driver. Mm -hmm. And apart from that, because we use our technology, and again, we're tracking the position of users inside the car, we have um, sound which is uh, independent between two people and mm -hmm. that can all be spatial. Right. Okay. So, <clears throat> I mean, th this technology is... Um, Many people are trying to do the same things in the whole world. We need to take them with a pinch of salt. You are able to do, um, one person has speech, the other person has music, sound, you know, reproducing two different uh, contents of music with a kind of quality is very is almost impossible here. Unless you have ridiculous arrangements of speakers here and, you know, like that. It's, Okay. We are thinking on the on the car cabin of today is quite hard, no. right? Very much. And then also to show you um, something which is uh, our tuning tools, okay? That is basically um, something that um, allows us to um, control the quality and control the EQ and control the DRC and control the spatial characteristics of our. Um, algorithms okay and then the acoustic engineer can basically play with that to give a, a certain color a certain tone to their to the products okay that's okay. something that, that we provide yeah and this is basically the the um, kind of company presentation and company pitch i now would like to dive a bit into the theory of how all of this works you know for if somebody listens until here and they haven't fallen asleep, now I would send them something <laughs> that will send them to sleep finally, you know, which is the theory, okay. but it's also very fascinating, really. This okay. is good, Ben. Yeah, about uh, how the, the technology works. And then um, 
it's basically all to do about um 3d sound and and uh, and basically reproduce sound so when we have normally a 3d sound we use a binaural microphones okay which will you a dummy head or some kind of a, we can also synthesize it via hrtf mm-hmm. but when we get when we are thinking about 3d sound for headphones we get two channels okay we will get a, a left channel put my pointer here so that you can see me better we will get a left channel and we will get a right channel here okay mm-hmm. and then if we capture that with a binaural head what we do is that then we basically feed it straight and reproduce it with headphones you know and i think um, most people probably is familiar with this through apple music or maybe they have listened sometime in their life to the binaural barbershop which is very 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 is a very good piece of content so basically they record it with a dummy head and then you just listen with headphones and you have the feeling of being there and that's the power of binaural which is is, is so good and so captivating so what we want to do is well we don't want to use headphones okay we want to use virtual headphones mm-hmm. and for that what we are going to do is that we are going to create and use a dsp system that is going to basically create these virtual headphones here. Okay, it's going to produce a maximum of pressure in one side and a minimum of pressure on, on the other side, and it's going to give us the virtual right channel, and then a maximum of pressure on the left ear and a minimum of pressure on the right ear, and will give us the virtual left channel. And then anything that we have recorded here, then we're going to reproduce it, and then the user is going to receive here the information as if sources were coming from different positions, and he or she will believe that is there acoustically. And that's really how how the technology works, okay? And um, basically, how can we do that? Okay, so this is the oh, let me then laser pointer. No, I won't basically. That should work. Yeah, I have this here. So how does that work? So let's say basically I have two speakers um, in space, and we are going to be talking here with two speakers at the beginning because um, it's easier to explain. Mm-hmm. But um, and then I have my speakers connected to a computer, which is basically a digital signal processor, right? And for for these uh, animations, I want to thank to Filippo Fassi, my co-founder, because he created long time ago for mm-hmm. for some of his lectures, and he he let me use them here. Okay. So we have a a focus uh, point, and basically what we know here is we know in space the transfer function between these speakers and this focusing point. And we know this transfer function because we have characterized it, because we have measured it, or because we have modeled it, you know, because in space, sound is going to propagate proportional to the speed of sound. So I can know and I can model how long one speaker, the one that is closer, takes to arrive to this focus point, and one speaker, the one that is farther away, how much does it take to arrive to this other point? So when I know these timings, what I can say is like, well, if I, want, if I want both of them to arrive in time at this point, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to introduce a delay in the, in the, in the speaker that is closer to this focusing point so that I will delay it and then both of them arrive here in time. Okay, And then what happened is this, is this one has fired first and this one has fired after. And then a wave is going to propagate that in this direction is going to create a blow up uh, playing wave if we are very far away and it's going to arrive with maximum of energy at this mm-hmm. point okay 
and that's a constructive interfere. So my speakers have both, both loan and impulse, a previous impulse that is arriving in time. So with that, we have what we call a constructive interference. Okay, it's what we have here. So that's great. We can basically then say, okay, this focusing point is my ear. I want a maximum of pressure. Mm -hmm. But then what is happening if uh, I want to do sound cancellation? I want to create a destructive interference. What I'm going to do is that this, I know where I, where I want my cancellation point to be. So what I will do is that, well, if I basically change the face of one of them, they are going to arrive with cancellation at this point. Okay, and what yeah. happens? This guy outputs first because he's farther away. This guy also outputs, but with negative phase. And you can mm -hmm. see that in this angular position, the energy is very much reduced. Mm -hmm. In theory, their energy is zero. Okay, in basically practice, uh, it's something like that. If you go to the um, to the um, web page where the Razor Leviathan V2 Pro is um, it's a feature you can there is an explainer that explains the beamforming technology and they have done a, a great video also explaining the constructive and, and destructive interference uh, okay problem if we'll they show those... it in 1d in this case it's 2d in, in real life it happens in 3d you know okay like yeah yes. we can put the put the links to those in the description so people can check it out later mm. that, i think that'll, that'll be very cool so yeah, basically, this is what happens in a nutshell, okay, of how the technology, how what is the, the physical phenomena. How do we implement 3D audio with speakers, okay? So, basically, um, what happens is that, um, well, let's say, let's say I have this source here, this that I want to, to reproduce, which is a source that basically is here at my right, and that if I record it, I record its input response, or if I record an a certain length of audio at both my ears mm -hmm. is going to produce different content on my right channel and on my left on my left channel my left ear that will basically in these differences that arrive to the two ears will be embedded in the binaural signal that will tell my brain that something is coming from there so mm -hmm. as we said normally people will listen to this with with headphones but uh, what happens if we want to listen to it with speakers okay sorry Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do in order to reproduce this with speakers is that we're going to use a network of digital filters, okay? And it says here digital filters for inversion of loudspeaker response. Because why we call this inversion? Because we want to invert the speaker response. We want to get rid of it. And that's mm -hmm. basically how our technology works. You have a soundbar in front of you, but you don't want to hear to the soundbar. You want that soundbar to disappear because the only thing that you want is the binaural cues that are arriving to your ear, right? Mm -hmm. And again, we're here basically talking with two loudspeakers because, I mean, stereo is such a common uh, setup and people have tried to use that and to work with this for many, many years. The first patent of this kind of technology is from 1968, okay, from Atal and Schroeder. Basically, they, they, they've reproduced the first system. So... I mean, one thing I could do, for example, is just try my stereo speakers and play the binaural recording that I have and play my right channel to the right speaker and play my left channel to the, through the left speaker, all right? And I can do that and the right channel will be reproduced by the right speaker. What happens, however, that 
I'm also going to hear on my right ear the left channel. And that's going to mess, mess going to interfere with my binaural perception. Because I really, if I really want to hear binaural well, I need to hear only what this guy listen on each ear. Okay. Right. And this is crosstalk. And that's why this technique uh, in academic terms is called, in scientific terms, is called crosstalk cancellation. You know? Mm-hmm. So the razor somebody says that this 3D audio being forming, and it's true, it's been forming because um, with when you have more than two speakers, you start to create beams which are kind of pronounced. But on, on the back of that, what happens is that you're doing crosstalk cancellation as well. You're trying to separate what one channel is playing on the other. Okay. And basically, we are going to achieve this by using a filter. Okay, that is going to cancel what the whatever signal of one channel is arriving on the other channel. Okay, mm. so is, is this is this kind of like the with the Beatles? A lot of people love to listen to the Beatles on headphones because George Martin had recorded the the left and right separately. So a lot of people are always obsessed with listening to the Beatles on headphones rather than in a, a stereo speaker environment. Uh, yeah, re- really, um, may- maybe, you know, I think, uh, so if you listen to that, for example, that you're saying that a very hard punt, um, yeah. stereo track, which is maybe like in the seventies, sixties, like punch or like that, mm-hmm. if you hear it with a cross tool cancellation system, like with a razor or soundbar, you will hear that things sound very, very special to you, wow. you know, okay. they sound here and they sound here. If you listen back with a normal stereo setup, things don't sound here. Things sound like in the speaker and the other speaker, you know. Okay. And um, but uh, for for binaural audio reproduction, you really need to separate what arrives to one ear and to the other ear, you know. And that's why uh, basically you can do a test. You can listen basically with the barber shop, with mm-hmm. with headphones, mm-hmm. and uh, you can basically then listen to it with stereo speaker, and you will see that. With headphones, it's, you are immersed in the in the in the barbershop with the stereo speakers. It's not with the stereo speakers, you know. And I encourage everybody to to basically buy the Razer or Soundbar because uh, it's the first system in the world that let you have this. Uh, I mean, it's not the first system in the world, but I would say the first system in the world that works in a robust manner and that you just turn it on and and works, you know. And it's, that is practical, and you can you will be able to yeah to listen to any binaural content to play any video game, or also to listen to music in a way which is very it's, it's very special you know because you just put it and you are hearing stereo to one mm-hmm. side and, and to the other you know okay and then yeah just basically digging a bit into the into the theory here um so we need to use four filters okay and that's very important and it's because uh, this is my four filters for in, for inversion and that's because um, if if I have one speaker only here and I want to equalize my um, whatever I listen in a given ear, one filter is okay, is enough, you know. However, now we are asking two things to the to the system with two speakers. We are asking to have an equalized signal in one ear and then cancel whatever I'm listening in the other ear. Okay, and in this case, this is a system of two equations that needs two variables to be solved. Okay, 
once in one equation is one of my years, the other equation is the other of my years. In one, I'm asking to have maximum pressure. In one, I'm asking to have minimum pressure. And that's why per, why per channel, I need to have two filters, okay? Sure. I need to have one that reproduces well. Both of them work at the same time. They make sure that I have maximum pressure in one year and minimum of pressure in the other year, okay? So with these two signals, with these two filters, I make sure that my right channel arrives to my right ear, and I make sure that uh, my right channel doesn't arrive to my left ear. Okay. Right? And then I do the same with the left channel. I make sure with other two filters on the left, with the left that are basically connected to the left input, my left input signal arrives to my left ear, and then I make sure that uh, my left input signal does not arrive to my right ear. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is very cool. In, in theory, you say, yeah, it, it, it has to work. No, it has to work. In practice, it's a super complicated system, okay? And basically, you say that this is their infinite combination of two filters to get left ear signal right, okay? Mm. And why is so complicated? Well, so let's, let's take a look at how these filters that I need to do and what the, the speaker signals look in time, all right? And this is again. I need to thank uh, for to, for this slide to somebody that was in ISVR and Takashi Takeuchi that basically also had a um another company that was working with with 3D sound and he created these slides I think time ago and, and I think they explained the concept uh, very well. So let's say that this is my target binaural signal. Okay, this is what I want to listen on my left ear and it's an impulse. And I only want it to arrive to my left ear. So well, mm -hmm. let's, let's see how we can make it. So what we can do is that my speaker, my left speaker plays this impulse because it's the speaker that is closer to my left ear in front of me, okay? It's going to reproduce it. And very good, that impulse will arrive to my left ear, okay? Mm -hmm. This is what I wanted. Amazing, perfect, I have my impulse. However, because sound propagates in the space everywhere and because we cannot stop it, Unfortunately, this impulse that this has arrived to my left ear arrives a bit later to my right ear. Mm -hmm. No, this is not what we wanted. In our target binaural signal, we only wanted this impulse here, not there, because otherwise it's going to mess with our perception of the spatial sound. Mm -hmm. So the algorithm, because it's very clever and because it knows that uh, in the right ear, this impulse is going to be received, says, no, no, don't worry, because before it arrives, I'm going to arrive, and I'm going to emit from the right speaker another impulse in opposite phase that will arrive and will cancel this one. Mm -hmm. Very good. We have canceled the impulse in the right ear. What happens? What happens is that this impulse that we have made to cancel this impulse at the right ear is then going to arrive to the left ear. And that's mm -hmm. not what we wanted because we just wanted one impulse. We didn't want that. This is a different content than the one that we wanted initially. And then the algorithm says again, no, no, don't worry, wait for me. I'm going to now make another impulse in opposite phase that will cancel this one on the left ear. And you can see there. But unfortunately, this impulse is going to continue propagating and it's going to arrive to the right ear. And then the algorithm that is clever is going to emit another impulse in opposite phase. And you see, for just reproducing this first impulse that we wanted in the speaker, all this other time information is required, you know? Mm -hmm. And that, that's why these systems become so difficult to basically um, control, you know, and implement. 
because they require um, a signal processing um, system, which is kind of a very stable sometimes, and that needs to output lots of cancellation energy. This is all energy in the end that is output, and that puts some uh, constraints in the, in the dynamic range of the speakers, you know, and all of that. This is how it looks in time. So just to play this impulse, we mm -hmm. need to put all this garbage after, okay? And that's why they become so complicated. If we look at how this uh, basically, um, how this looks in the frequency domain, it looks something like that. And what happens is that um, this is the, the norm of the, of the crystal cancellation filters and at some frequencies is needs much more energy than at others, you know? And this is what we call ill conditioning. And this is a very common problem of crystal cancellation systems. And in the end of any, any kind of a array processing, line array processing, there is always like constraints in the dynamic range that you can output, you know? And I'm going to talk about a bit more later about that. So okay. how does this look in the time domain? Okay, it looks at basically in a simulation, just to play one impulse, look how much we need to play. This guy is going to receive an impulse on the on the le on the right here. Okay, mm -hmm. see this first impulse is going to arrive, and he listens it. But look how many others we need to push so that nothing arrives after the first impulse. You know, mm. and that's very that's really very yeah. It's very fascinating and very and that's the really technical problem of of crystal cancellation. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, very much. Yeah, and I have some some more slides that I can talk uh, to you about uh, more other um, sure. technical the questions. Then, um, uh, when you, when you're developing a system like this, there's uh, there must be a fairly lengthy process of characterizing the acoustic system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, so so there are uh, lots of uh, really um, yeah, you know, like. Uh, so we've been, I've been working on this a lot, and people before me have been working a lot, and, and and that's so many measurements. You know, we have even basically this thing that you see there is a robot for automatic measurement of system. You know, okay. it has two microphones, and basically we can move the microphone around, and we can say where where people are, how the sound really is. You know, because uh, in the end there are there are so many things that affect this sound. This is not only also not only the system, also the room. You know, and that's mm -hmm. why. That's why the head tracking becomes so important here, you know. Mm. And I, I can go basically a bit forward in, in some basically slides that I have here. This is how small the sweet spot is, okay, for those systems. And this is basically a simulation, again, just using two loudspeakers for, for simplicity. Mm -hmm. And it's the headphone effect. And this is kind of a, how the headphone effect looks with, with angular deviation. We can get a, this is dB. I forgot to put the label here, but this is dB of cancellation. When you are very much on where your filters are doing this cancellation, you, you obtain a lot of pressure difference, okay? But if you move away even a, a little bit, okay, where we calculated that was three degrees, which is 1.5 centimeters, 1.5 centimeters still is, is kind of a, okay. But in the moment you move three centimeters, which is just very small position, you see, there are some areas where this cancellation that before was kind of large is now like really being really reduced. Mm. Um, and, yeah. Okay. So um, uh, the uh, filter characteristics you uh, fixed at design time. 
So in a, what our technology does is that uh, it calculates um, maybe 30 times filters per second and it okay. changes the filters. Okay, but you must be a layer where you've uh, characterized, say, the acoustic system on yeah. calculate against. So, so our technology is based on on models of uh, physical models of, prop of propagation, and that's what we use for characterization. You know, okay. and, and that's, why we, that's why we can we can very fast um, estimate the position of users. You know, because. Um, People and other for all these unique uh, competitors are, try, are trying to do this like uh, with measured of measurements or transfer functions. That's that's very hard because you need to do lots of measurements. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and in terms of uh, frequency range or bandwidth of how to, how well it works, I mean, uh, you uh, can't really have a huge array of very large speakers for low frequency sound. So you kind of taper it from some into mid and high frequency and then low frequency is kind of a uniform field yeah so i think uh, basically um our technology at the moment works as um so what we what we are doing is that we provide a low pass filter and then a high pass filter and the low pass filter are for base that basically the base is not that is not directional but then everything above the high pass filter okay will be controlled by the algorithm you know mm -hmm. uh, basically what i was going to say the technology can be applied for any number of speakers okay and a race of any sizes you can see here bit from a laptop to a soundbar to basically very large arrays that we have been using here for development okay yeah and basically um in this case, for example, on this large one that we have here on the left-hand side, I think the cutoff frequency for where the algorithm was starting to work were 100 hertz, you know? 100 hertz, it's still very low, actually. Very low, yeah. yeah. Lower than I would have expected. Um, and, then, uh, so each, and each channel needs two filters, so <laughs> it sort of escalates quite rapidly. Yeah, so from a, from a signal processing point of view, this thing needs lots of signal processing, you know? Okay. Yeah. Say, I mean, in the Razer soundbar, it has five speakers. Each speaker has an independent channel and basically has a, a, a filter, a yeah. network of filters. Yeah. Yep. Very much. Okay, very interesting. And uh, just uh, so we've talked about that uh, aspect of it, and the head tracking is something a kind of critical element. Um, uh, we've got something more you could tell us a little bit about that because. Uh, that would be another, it depends on the hardware that you have and things like that too, I guess. Yeah, so so I think uh, basically this this slide where you see this uh, red line here, that's a, uh, let's say it's kind of the minimum that you should get to, to start having a, a, a good specialization, okay, a good immersive minimum crustal cancellation. If you don't do head tracking, you know, and you move even three centimeters, there are some frequencies where this, you're not getting this, you know. Okay, so the higher the better. In, in sort of in higher the better, yeah. yeah. And really, you would like this to go even higher. This is this is what happens when you use two speakers. You would like this to go even even higher, you know. Yeah. And that's why that's why we recommend also to basically use more than two speakers. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to show you what happens here. This is the crystal cancellation, the headphone effect. The higher, the better. Yeah. Okay. So 
in this uh, basically left hand side we have the ctc the headphone effect and in this right hand side we have the ae which is the array effort and basically it's a it's a measure of the electrical power that the system needs to obtain this headphone effect yeah so this one on the left we want it to be the as large as possible this one on the on the right we want it to be as low as possible you know because if we need more norm it means that we are basically comprom compromising the dynamic rate range sure. okay. so if we just have two speakers here which is this is basically has been what the whole of the audio industry, audio industry has been trying to do with for many years, just use two speakers to do crosstalk cancellation. Yeah. What happens is that there are certain frequencies where you are, naturally you are not obtaining cancellation, okay? Because uh, it's, it's, it has to do with the spatial aliasing, and there is a given frequency where you cannot um, have a maximum and cancellation. Yeah, yeah. wavelength related, essentially. Yeah. Basically, that happens, and this is the effect that you see here. Yeah. But if you add a third speaker, okay, you basically increase the spatial aliasing frequency, and you only have a minimum, but a much higher frequency. Yeah. So you obtain yeah. the range, and that's why we say to to people who want to in, implement our technology, use three speakers a minimum, but use more than three speakers because um, you use four, you increase, okay, your range, and if you use, you use five, you even increase it a lot. Yeah, and in this simulation, it's telling us that we can arrive up to twenty kilohertz. Yeah, I see. I see. In, in practice, this is a simulation, okay? In practice, you don't arrive up to 20 kilohertz. However, you make it much more robust, you know? Maybe yeah. arrive to 10 or something like that. And that's why you also reduce the dynamic range that you need at higher frequencies, you know? And that's, that's why okay, this is, a, this is a very important. So the more the speakers we use, the more robust we make the system also to inaccuracies on the camera system because the camera system, we, try, we trust it, but sometimes it's not accurate. You know, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But it's very, and this is basically just to show you how the simulations that we were putting before, how they will work with an with an array. With an array, you have many more speakers, so whatever you're doing becomes much more robust. Mm -hmm. Also, once you have an array, this is what happens. Okay, so this is the comparison. The blue radiation pattern is the radiation pattern that a crosstalk cancellation system obtains when tries to create virtual health, okay? And you can see it's going to make a beam, which is very, very strong in one ear, and a null, a notch yeah, yeah. in the other ear, okay? And in theory, you see this is this is how, how something will look on the free field. At a given frequency, in theory, the array having two speakers or I think in the red, this red radiation pattern has 16 speakers. They should work the same to create this virtual headphones effect, you know. However, we don't listen to sound in anechoic chambers, okay? We listen to things in rooms that have reflections and that are affecting. So by using many more speakers, we create a narrower beam. And this is what is the beamforming effect. And this is why when we have more speakers, we focus sound and we create a bubble of sound, you know. And that's why the sample, the, the Razer soundbar, it says it has 3D audio beamforming because it's a combination between crosstalk cancellation and beamforming. You know, mm. Basically, very much. And just uh, Simon to show you, basically, this is what happens in real time. We have these beams, okay? And this basically, 
we have a, a beam for the left ear and a beam from the right ear. These are the, the ears of a user here, these two dots. If the user moves, the position of these beams are changing in real time. Right. Okay. Because we are changing in real time the filters that are creating those beams in the speaker array, which is for this thing here. Yeah. yeah. Very much. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, man. I think this is the end of my presentation. Yeah. All right. I think, uh, yeah, this is basically with we are audio scenic and that's our vision. We want to be the neighboring technology behind personalized and immersive audio reproduction, offering a listening, a revolutionary listening experience in a multitude of everyday situations without the need of uh, headphones, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, at CES, I got the chance to hear the demo with the Tectonic Audio Labs drivers. And I mean, I could say that you, I mean, I don't want to do it right here because my I'll go off mic, but basically, it, you know, it, it really does kind of track your head and follow you around and left and turning right. It, it captures all that kind of experience. It's, it's quite impressive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm so that the tectonic uh, demonstration we use there the tectonic technology because and um, like this tectonic VMR drivers are a bit more point source like mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. uh, it improves at higher frequencies uh, how our technology works because basically they yeah they work uh, a bit better you know yes. and um, yeah that's that's that was a good demo and yeah. And you you can really feel it. So I don't know if if Simon you had the opportunity to listen to our technology, but uh, when they yeah when they it, it sounds like um, I mean I can tell you, but once you listen to the system, you say wow, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. Go to it. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess uh, if people want to get in touch for uh, technology, they can. Uh, I'll put your contact information for the right person or yourself below. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I can contact me. You can contact anybody at Audio Scenic. That's 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 good. Yeah. Okay. All right, Simon. Did you have any follow up final questions? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Okay. Oh. Well, we encourage everybody put your comments down below, questions and anything else that you're intrigued by. Please, uh, please uh, give us a like, subscribe, and share, and all that good uh, YouTube and now Spotify and all the other platforms. So. Uh, Marcos, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Yeah, I think thank both of you for hosting me, and it's a pleasure. And I look forward to seeing the video. Yeah, thank you very much. Yes, cool. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.